Hello, everybody, and welcome to SWAT Radio on Friday, November 20th. I'm David Gray, along with Doug McCary from His Light Ministries, and we're glad you're with us here on the SWAT Radio program. You can call us if you have a question or comment at 844-777-7928, and glad you're listening, whether in Jacksonville on 91.7, The Truth in St. Augustine, 91.9, in Georgia in Folkestone on 91.3. Uh, and always glad to have our listeners in Meridian, Mississippi, on WMER, and in coastal Virginia on the Lighthouse, and wherever you may be listening on the SWAT Radio app or at SWATradio.com. So, Doug, how are you? Good to be here. I haven't been here for a while. Always fun. I know. It's good. It's good. uh, I'm doing good, and uh, it's hard to believe it's November 20th, isn't it? Incredible. I mean, we're we're into Thanksgiving of 2020, well, man. Well, what's so crazy is, remember when the lockdown started and everything and, and how, how everybody was saying how long the month of March was? I remember getting a little meme from my sister that said, in case you've forgotten, today is March 93rd. <laughs> I just remember how long March seemed. But the rest of the year has just kind of zipped by. Well, it's it has zipped by, and uh, it's been an unprecedented time in a lot of ways. Uh, not only dealing with COVID uh, and and that whole ordeal. I mean, I was I was talking to a guy yesterday at SWAT, and I remember back in February when I was I, I did a wedding at the end of February, first part of March, and I can remember uh, us thinking about. You know, did this come out of a lab? Did I mean what? What was going? We didn't know anything, and here we are. I mean, this thing has been going on, and I mean, David, uh, I have trips to Israel scheduled. I had one scheduled for March twenty twenty one. I was told it ain't happening until twenty twenty two. So basically, twenty twenty one, these travel agencies and groups have wiped out travel. Yeah, incredible. That's crazy. It I mean, is can, crazy. I mean, think about it. that's a year from now. I mean, all the way through a year from now, they've pretty much wiped out travel. Yeah. And and why? I mean, like, I know that the COVID thing is real. My my, I, as I said, my mom and dad have had it. My brothers had it. I know people in SWAT that have had it. Um, they all survived it, and I know some people haven't. But it's like. The, the response to this has been like nothing we've ever seen in our lifetime, where we just shut down everything. And now you've got schools shutting down again up in uh, New York and out in California. Uh, they're saying uh, that that there's no in-person school. Think about that impact on our children. You know, What's already happened? It's incredible. I, I, I feel fortunate and blessed to live where we live. And I think we have a... a People may disagree, but I think we have a governor that's got a lot of common sense. And um, I went, my you know, my kids went to Nice High School. And my, my daughter was the last one to leave and played basketball. And I hadn't been back to a game. We were close with the coaching staff and everything over there. But I went to a game the other night, first time in a couple of years, because a former coworker has a niece who was playing for Sandalwood High School at Nice. So it was a good chance for me to visit with some friends and see my, my friend's niece play and also catch up with some people uh, on the niece staff. But anyway, I was talking to some of them when I went over there, and they've got three or four players 
from Connecticut and New York who are seniors whose family moved down here mm-hmm. specifically so their kids didn't have to miss mm-hmm. school and sports. You know, their last chance to play for a lot of these kids, um, a sport, right? You know, how many kids, you, you, you get done when you're 18 and you graduate, you never put a uniform on again for most kids. And that'd be tough to miss that after all the work you put in. And so I think that's happening, that families are moving and, um, it's just going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I, I I just don't think enough has been given, enough consideration has been given to all the other things that are uh, all the other problems that are being caused by these by these lockdowns and closing schools. What are we doing to this generation of kids? What what's going to happen to them being out of school for all this time? Uh, I I th- I think it's going to have a pretty significant impact on them and. Um, you know, are you familiar with Jason Whitlock at all? It's funny that you mentioned him. I was thinking about him walking up the stairs coming in, and I just was listening to, uh, to um, uh, I think it was uh, Rush Limbaugh actually talking about a column that he just wrote. Is that what you're going to Well, reference? it's not just him, uh, Rush Limbaugh. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people talking about it. It's got a lot of people talking oh. because basically he put out a, a column. He, he used to work for ESPN. Correct. Correct. Now he works for a group called Outkick. Yep. And what he said is that white liberals make blacks live up to our skin color. He's a black man, and he's an American sports journalist. He's been right, uh, writing for Outkick for a while. He used to be at the Kansas City Star. Uh, he was uh, on Fox Sports, um, and like I said, at ESPN. And what was interesting and struck me about what he said was, that that basically black people have made uh, or not black people he said liberal white liberals have convinced black people that their skin color is their god mm-hmm. did you hear that i uh, mean yeah, that particular yeah. statement yes that struck me what he said uh it, and the way he was talking, it sounded like he was a believer. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I've thought that. I've, and I've heard him. He, I've seen him on shows as a coming on doing commentary several times. And I've read things about him. And I, I've thought the same thing, that he sounds like he may be a believer. Well, he said in his column, he said, it's a way of defining to black people that your most prized possession, your greatest asset, your most defining characteristic is your skin color. No one else has to live up to their skin color. They're free to accentuate their intelligence, their faith in God, their commitment to family, their love of freedom. But black people are not. He says, we as black people have been defined by white liberals, he says in his view, who run the mainstream media, they run Hollywood, and they basically cause us to live up to our skin color above all else. And he goes, that's just not that much of an attribute that I want to live up to. He says, it's great packaging because it sounds like they really care, but they don't. Mm. He says, and I'm very proud of being black, but that's not my one number one attribute. My number one attribute is uh, obviously believing in God for him mm-hmm. is, is what he said. And mm-hmm. so I I just found that interesting. I was glad to hear that. I mean, I, I'd really like to try to get him on the program here be, to, to, yeah. to, to interview him about this because yeah. he says – he said in the interview, I want to be defined by my faith in God. Mm. 
I want to be defined by my intelligence. I want people to see what, when they think about me, it's not my skin color. It's my faith in God and it's the person I am. Mm. And so, um, anyway, I just thought that was interesting that he brought that out. He's a very interesting, thoughtful guy. And I, like I said, I've heard him speak. Almost Thomas Sowell, like yeah. in the way he yeah. he, he he's he very thoughtful, and he will and he will he's not afraid to speak his mind and say you know what he feels the truth is, and uh, yeah, he'd be a great interview if you could get him. Very knowledgeable guy, and uh, yeah, but that's true for all of us, right? What what is where do we get our value? It, it's it, we get our value as belonging to God. Yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> You know, one guy said that he's a genius. He really is. I mean, he's like I said, he's Thomas Sowell like in the way he he communicates. Uh, he's very articulate in in the way he communicates. And but he's this guy said that uh, Jason Whitlock Whitlock is one of the most dangerous mm. men in America. Imagine that to the Democratic Party who want to keep African-Americans poor and loyal to them above all costs. Okay, sorry, I I misread that comment. No, no, that's, yeah, that's, think about that. Yeah. Uh, Because it's a power thing is what Jason Whitlock's saying. Mm -hmm. And um, I I, I just thought it was really insightful what he had to say. So, uh, Well, I think there's clearly more minorities thinking like that as evidenced by, even though we're still... (laughs) Yeah. Dealing with a controversial election result, there clearly was a higher um, percentage of minorities that voted Republican uh, yeah. than they normally do. So um, something's changing. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think and, and I think it's a good thing. Well, it is Friday. You know, on Fridays, we, we generally talk about what we talked about in the week. But uh, from a discipleship perspective, thinking about it. And then we're free to take calls throughout the program. So if you have a question, you don't want to be on air, you can send it to ask at SWATradio.com. That's A-S-K at SWATradio.com. If you're driving and you want to just call at a stop or whatever, we can put you on hold and we can take in take your question. And we can even take your question without you being on air. You can call in if you, if you prefer to do that. What's that number, Dave? It's 844-777-7928. And we would love to talk to you. This week, we've actually been talking about staying in our lane in the faith race. We looked at really three ideas from Hebrews 13, 7 to 14, uh, imitating the faith of our fathers, remembering that the object of our faith, Jesus, doesn't change over time, and guarding against false teaching. All these things help keep us true to the gospel and, um, and standing apart from the world. Uh, verses 11 through 13 and then seeking the home built by god that's really the week we looked at we looked at some different stats and when we come back dave i'm going to kind of interact with you a little bit and if people want to call in they're welcome to yeah i love that seek the home built by god and uh reminds me of you you mentioned the trip to israel but you know reminds me of our trip to israel and the, the comparison in hebrews between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. So anyway, we're going to take a break here. We're glad that you're with us on SWAT Radio. Our number again is 844-777-7928. Or you can send an email at ask at SWATradio.com. We'll be back on the other side of the break. Stay with us. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary here with you on Friday afternoon, and we're glad you're with us. Call us at 844-777-7928 if you have a comment or question. And we are in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7 to 14 today. And Hey, hey this morning, um, I don't know if people catch uh, the daily article by Jim Dennis, and he... He's he he does what I call a mini brief, like Al Mohler does a briefing and catches a lot of stuff. Jim Dennison uh, just throws a lot of different thoughts up there and gives you some things to think about. Um, and today, he wrote about a guy named John Harper, and I love the story of John Harper. I've quoted it many times. John Harper was a a Baptist minister who was on board the Titanic, and I don't know if you remember the story, Dave, but. When the Titanic sank back in 1912, uh, he had a seat on a lifeboat alongside his sister and his six-year-old daughter because he was a widower. And so he he could have been there to take care of his daughter. They would have given him that seat. But instead, he gave up his seat uh, so that other people who would have been doomed, um, who ended up, the guy he gave the seat to survived. Mm. I mean, and and so he gave it up, but that was who he was. And as he was sinking on the boat, and even when he was in the water, he was sharing the gospel with people. And there was one particular um, story uh, of a guy who was in the Atlantic freezing on a piece of driftwood, and John Harper was on a piece of driftwood. And the, the first time they're the the waves brought them together harper asked him he said friend are you saved and the guy said no i'm not and he and he said do you believe in jesus no i don't believe in the lord jesus and you will be saved that's what he told him well 
That was all he said. They drifted apart by the waves. The waves brought them together again. Friend, are you saved? Do you believe in the Lord Jesus? No, I do not. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. They went apart again. The third time he asked him again, three times he asked him. And the third time he said, no, I'm not. And he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. The waves took them apart and he never saw him again after the third time. But he said, Lord Jesus, I don't know who you are really other than what I've heard about you, but I want to know you. I want to be saved. And he said, if what he said was true, I want to, I want to follow you that mm. night. Well, that guy ended up surviving and sharing that story at a survivor's meeting of Titanic survivors. I was going to say he must have survived. No, he if did. we know the story. That yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he did. And so uh, what's crazy is Incredible. that that he survived that, and he said, I was John Harper's last convert. Mm. And so uh, that that's just amazing. You know, John Harper's daughter, Annie, the one who was on the boat, uh, there was became the longest living Scottish Titanic survivor. Wow! And um, but before that, the boat sailed. Uh, John Harper wrote a letter to pastors, and uh, he thanked his fellow minister for his kindness when they had been together recently. And he wrote, "This is what he wrote in his note: The warriors are with me here. They're doing well so far on the journey." With kindest love, your loving pastor, John Harper. That letter just sold recently for $55,000 at an auction. Somebody wanted that letter as a memento of the Titanic. Well, that part, that story wasn't in the movie. No, (laughs) no, they don't put that. No, but what a great, that's a powerful story. I did not know that story. That's a great story. I've shared it before because so often... You know, here here this guy, first of all, gives his seat up. Sure, yep. No greater love than someone hasn't delayed down his life for his friend. And then he's sharing the gospel. Why? Because Second Peter, or First Peter 2.9, I mean, says that we are to proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And even with his dying breath, mm. he was not crying, save me. Right. He was like Paul in prison. He's not saying release me He's saying, Lord, give me words to say to these people. And I think so often it's easy for us to look at our circumstances and become so self-focused. We forget that if you're his, you have hope right. that this is not all there is anyway. And that's what he talks about seeking the home built by God. We don't try to fit in here. We don't compromise we always put others above ourselves. Now, we don't always do that, but we should. Mm. And when we realize we're not, we repent, we turn, we confess and say, Lord, thank you for the cross. And remember, the object of our faith doesn't change over time. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so I, I just... I love that story. I had to when I saw it this morning. I knew I was gonna. I wanted to bring it up today. Well, two so. two th- couple things come to mind as I hear it, and and you touched on them a little bit. But I mean, talk about us. Talk about someone who had assurance of who they were and and where they were going. Right, mm-hmm. that this yeah. is not our home. 
that we're passing through, that we're strangers and aliens, the Bible says, and yet we're here for a reason. You know, I can remember my dad raising the question at times, you know, explaining things to us as kids, you know, why doesn't, why doesn't God just take us right to heaven? Mm-hmm. You know, once we're saved, once he saves us, why doesn't he just take us right to heaven? Well, because he's got things for us to do clearly here mm-hmm. that his, that his, you know, means of bringing people into the kingdom is through other believers, mm-hmm. right? He works through other believers and talk about, you know, a guy, like you said, that, that, Pastor Harper, understanding who he was in Christ and where he was going and and having that complete security Mm -hmm. to be able to not worry about himself at that moment Mm -hmm. and and speak to others. And who knows how many other people that night he he may have spoken to that we don't know about, right? And how long the guy that that, um, did cry out to Jesus and survived, how long did he live? Do we know? Mm. Uh, Did he... So he went on, though, to to be a believer and, and to minister and the guy that was saved the guy that harper spoke to uh well i don't know he but he ministered for years but he shared that story um years after okay, that so he and, must have it, but it was it yeah. it was at the it was at a reunion yeah. of people who survived you know yeah. the thing hey i got a i got a message from a listener that um basically um said that white conservatives only quote black people when they're criticizing other black people. Uh, and for 30 years, uh, this has been going on and he, you know, he was talking specifically about what we said about Jason Whitlock. But if you remember Jason Whitlock, uh, wasn't criticizing other black people. No, he was criticizing white, white people. Correct. Now, um, you know, I know yesterday, and he mentioned in the, his message yesterday, I quoted Tony Dungy well, uh, regarding Reverend Warnock. And the reason I did that yesterday is I, I wasn't, I just didn't pick Tony Dungy uh, because he was a black man. I just picked Tony Dungy because uh, he, it, was a, it was a quote I read about it because he was asked specifically about it. He responded it, to, the, yeah. to somebody, Warnock's position. Yeah, that, that, yeah, well, he was asked about it. Correct. Somebody asked him the question, Correct. and he did it. So uh, I didn't see a lot of other quotes about it one way or the other, but Tony Dungy was asked about it. And I just I appreciate the input, uh, but, um, you know, one when when we look at a culture right now that we we whether warnock was white or black really isn't an issue for me at all the issue for me with warnock is his stance on abortion absolutely that's really the issue that i i take with him as a senator and a pastor correct who just basically i think goes against biblical teaching on on uh, the freedom of somebody to take a life, I, I mean, I we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't give that affirmation in any other realm to take a life except the life of an infant before birth, and and so it has nothing to do with with a person's race uh, uh, or or what color their skin is. I was simply I heard that about Jason Whitlock driving in today. I, I was I was somebody had told me about it, so I went to a a YouTube thing and listen to it. And I was just kind of taken back. I thought he made a great point. 
and he tied it into faith in God. And that's what one thing that really I was encouraged by what he was saying. And I thought he articulated it very well that, that whether it doesn't matter what your skin color is, what your job description is. I think when first John two talks about people who, uh, uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and and then the third category is the boastful pride of life. Whatever you take pride in, um, other than Christ, is wrong and sinful and idolatry. So for him, he was just saying sin, skin color has become idolatry for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That was his whole point in the in the article he wrote. Um, and so when I when I hear that, I think, wow, that's, you know, that's something worth talking about because it doesn't just apply to white liberals and black people, sure. them making them be mo- more focused on it. There's a lot of people who are focused on the fact that they have a certain job sure. or a certain position in life. Sure. Whatever you base your identity on other than Christ is idolatry. Well, and, and, of course, Jason Whitlock is commenting in this in this time of craziness in our country, culturally and politically, and and you know, I, I've caught myself having mm-hmm. to back off from getting too wound up about the political issues, right? right? And 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 identifying myself as well. I'm somebody who thinks this way and that way, and I'm right and they're wrong and this and that. When when first and foremost, I'm I'm a, I'm part of God's family. I've yeah. been redeemed by Christ. I'm part of his family. And my priority is to use your phrase, put to put him on display and to love other people the way Jesus loved me, whether they're, whether they're like me or not and what they think or what they say or what they do. Right. And I catch my, I think, I think that's what's going on right now. We've got such craziness going on that even right. it's, it's affecting believers as well. And we got to, to your point, we've got to repent of that. Yeah. Yeah, we do. So, we're going to come. I know we're coming up on a break and we're going to uh, come back after the news. Glad you're with us here on SWAT Radio. Call us at 844 777 7928 or send an email if you'd like to ask a question or have a comment to ask at SWATradio.com. And remember, you can go to SWATradio.com to catch any of our past broadcasts. Um, and there's some other great resources at SWATradio.com, including the um, information on the weekly Bible studies uh, that SWAT holds uh, around Jacksonville. Um, Glad you're with us. Come back after the break, 844-777-7928. David Gray and Doug McCary. Thanks. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker if you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. 
We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. And there's a better life. There's a better life. You got Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. Glad you're with us. David Gray along with Doug McCary here on Friday afternoon. And uh, we are talking about some things that have been happening in the world. There's no shortage of <laughs> topics. A, a lot of stuff happening, too, and, man. Uh, we hadn't even got into the no, politics. Stuff, no, man. no, it, I know it. it well, here, here's the thing. Uh, a lot of people are still wondering what's going on, um, and I don't want to get too far in those weeds. I, I really, I, I would like to talk a little bit about the practical application of of thirteen seven through fourteen this week. Um, but you know, like I said at the beginning in the first segment, we are in unprecedented times in our country, and we're going into a holiday season. We're going into a holiday season that normally brings a lot of uh, despondency, a lot of discouragement and depression. Um, every year, people who have experienced losses, people who uh, losses of uh, family members, losses of job, losses of uh, just things going on in life. And, and now we're being told going into it across the country pretty much, we're being told not to travel. We're being told not to gather with family uh, except in certain amounts. Some states are telling you what you can and can't do when you're there. We're being told in some places churches can't gather. Uh, There's a lot of stuff going on that is going to push people toward uh, depression and discouragement. Well, that's been happening anyway. You make a great point. Now we're coming to the holidays where this happens in a nor- in a, in a quote a, unquote normal just year. Just a regular right. normal right. year. Right. It's a time of year. So, what do we do? You know, well, we need to be vigilant. We need to be aware of the people around us. We need to take notice as believers. God calls us to run the faith race and stay true to the gospel. He says in verse 7, "Remember Remember those who came before you. Remember those that built into you. You know, imitate the faith of your fathers. Verse 7, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Now think about that. Paul, wherever he went, he was looking for a way to be a light. Peter, wherever they went. They were looking to be a light. Were they perfect men? No. But they were men who knew where the race was taking them. The finish line was to be a disciple who is evangelizing and then helping people grow who are not as far along in the faith as them. That's our mission in life. Mm -hmm. We're a holy nation, a royal priesthood. The priesthood is the go-between between unholy man and holy God. And so we need to have our eyes aware of the people around us. 
And if you notice a coworker or somebody in the store or that you're going to or somebody wherever you are, if you see somebody that looks really down, try to be a light to them. Mm. Just try to say, hey, are you okay? You know what? Sometimes people may respond to that and go, well, no, I'm not. And then you have a chance to minister. Right. You don't have to have a, a counseling degree to tell somebody I can pray for you. Can I just pray for you? Do you mind? Um, I know uh, the other day Brad said we were on a golf course. This guy's uh, wife was struggling, and he just said, can we just pray for yeah, you? Yeah, they happened to – he was the third guy in their group. They just happened to get paired up with him and – that was a God appointment for sure. Yeah, and so we have to be willing to stand apart from the world. And how do we do that? Because sometimes God's children risk embarrassment to care for others. Mm, that's a great point. And I'm glad you're saying this because um, I think a lot of us, and I'm at the top of the list, can be guilty of being good about serving mm-hmm. and being good about sharing the gospel in kind of structured opportunities, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, and that's one great thing about SWAT. We, we SWAT's able to provide, and you've been able to provide a lot of service opportunities for guys, and I think that's been a great way to, to serve in the community, to help people, mm-hmm. to grow the fellowship of the SWAT guys themselves, whether yeah. it's in the Philippines or in Jacksonville or wherever it is. Um, and, but I'm guilty sometimes of, of not look, being intentional about looking for those opportunities that you just talked about, um, right? It's one thing if I come in and sit in on the radio with you or I'm, I'm doing a food giveaway or we're helping somebody at their house with something or whatever it is, but am I looking for those opportunities when I'm in the store? Am I looking for those opportunities when I'm, you know, just out and about? And and the answer is a lot of times I'm not because mm-hmm. I'm just busy or focused on what I'm doing and so I'm really glad you bring that up because I think I, I think it's important to wake up in the morning and I've been trying to do this more and I'm not always successful with it, but mm-hmm. and say to God, let me say to God, let me let me be aware of those things and those people that you put in front of me, those situations and those people, and so many times I'm not. Well, and we gotta think about too, David, that whether you're in a grocery store and I'm not, I'm not talking about embarrassing somebody else. Right. <clears throat> I'm just talking about caring. But sometimes as believers, I think we're afraid we may offend somebody. We're afraid. And, and that's, that's where, you know, being a, not being afraid to embarrass yourself for the sake of Christ, taking the reproach to care for people and, and going up to somebody and saying, hey, are you okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, we all know if somebody looks despondent. We all know if somebody's looking discouraged. I mean, if I go, I go to the same stores pretty regularly. I'm a creature of habit. Most of us are. We don't go to all, so we we tend to see those same people working at the Winn Dixie, the Kroger, or the Publix, the Starbucks, whatever restaurants you go to, and if you notice them. You know, uh, over the holidays, and you see them, and just say, "Hey!" Or even if you don't know them, let's say you just go into a restaurant. Hey, ask your server, 
is there any way I can pray for you? You know, we pray over our meal. I just like to pray for you today. Mm-hmm. Anything going on in your life that I can pray yeah. for? Yeah. Y- you would be stunned at how ministering that is to people around us. Yeah. And that's a great that's a great segue into it to say, "Hey, and, and actually John and I were out not too long ago and John did that. He said, "We're just about to bless the food. Is there anything we can pray for you about?" So it's not a to your point, it's not a totally out of left field thing, right? To the person who's no. serving you, They're, you're going to eat. It's not unusual to say, "Hey, we're going to give thanks for the food. Can we pray for you?" That's that's you're right. It's such an easy thing to do, and I overlook it so often. Right? Yeah, and and I just think we, you know, we got to remember why we're running the race. Mm-hmm. It's a faith race to put God on display, and we're running a marathon. We're not running a sprint. And a lot of times we allow the enemy to get us off track. Sometimes we get off track by having false teachers who say things that we may go, wow, yeah, that sounds good, but it has nothing to do with the word of God. So this is the problem I have with a senator up in Georgia who claims to be a preacher. I mean, I would have a problem with with his stance on the sanctity of life Regardless, but the fact that he's a preacher makes him more accountable for what comes out of his mouth than if he's not. That's what James says. Though mm-hmm. I mean, those who desire to be preachers, it's a good thing, but you're more accountable. And and I, I think when we go against God's word and, and we start allowing uh, compromise to take place because of our desire to even sometimes to think that the ends justifies the mean to be pragmatic. Well, you know what? If I'm elected to this position, then I can do things. So I need to say this to do this. And it happens all the time. People compromise. Mm-hmm. We are to be non-compromising warriors for truth, wherever we are, whatever we do. doesn't mean we all have the same feelings. And, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of things I'm wrong on. But if I'm wrong, I want you to come to me and let's go to Scripture. Show me in Scripture where I'm wrong. I want to learn from it. I want to, I want to know, okay. And then you go, well, you sit down and you tell me, and I say, yeah, but is that in the context? Let's talk about it. We have a discussion and then realize, okay, we may just legitimately come to a different opinion on it, but we at least have the conversation. Why do you feel this way? Mm-hmm. What are you basing it on? You got to show me a scripture in context. And, and I just think that a lot of times we will allow false teachers. We don't guard. Like he says down here in verse uh, 10 or nine, don't be led away by diverse and strange teaching for it's good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods, which have not benefited. He, he specifically is talking there just about the whole idea of diet and people imposing restrictions on people. So um, anyway, you know, I know uh, we got to go to a break, but I just think we have a great opportunity this Thanksgiving, uh, wherever you are, to be a light and a city on a hill. And when we come back, I want to explore what a city on a hill, the purpose of a city on the hill. Well, well, thinking about the story you just shared a few minutes ago about John Harper, Pastor Harper, with his last breaths, he was ministering to people and reaching out to lost people. And, you know, what a great example and a great story to think about as we're heading into the holiday, like you said, 
we're not necessarily on our last breath, but we we don't know when we will be. But but while we have the opportunity, while it is still called today, right? The Bible says, let's let's make sure we're we're doing that and and talking to other people like Pastor Harper. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. SWAT Radio, everyone. Glad you are with us for our last segment here on Friday afternoon, heading into the weekend. It's David Gray and Doug McCary with you um, here from lovely and beautiful weather, Jacksonville, Florida. Don't know where you're all out there listening, uh, where you're at listening, but uh, we've got some great weather here. Yep, it has been wonderful. And I'm excited, Dave, because my grandsons, Elliot and Ezra, are coming to see Lolly and Poppy, that's Lori and me, for the next couple of days. We get to keep them while their mom and dad go oh, that's away. that's great. So they don't know it yet, but Lolly went out and bought them a special treat surprise that I get to do. I'm not going to share what I did last week. You know what I did last week, but they get to do it with Nerf. Oh, very cool. So guess what Poppy's going to be doing? He's going to be cool. training up his grandson. And how old are they? Uh, Elliot is like five, or going to be five here. Uh, it's birthday, and then as he's two. Okay. 
So, so you're so you're Poppy. Yeah, I'm so, so wait till Lolly they, and Poppy. You know what I'm gonna say? Wait till they're old enough to see the Seinfeld episode. Oh, I know. And they're gonna say to you, Poppy's a little sloppy. I, so. I know, Poppy's sloppy. <laughs> but no, what, what Lori and I like the lollipopy because it's lollipop, right? Hey, there so, you go. So there at Christmas go. we have a lollipop tree and we put lollipops up. So. Well, I'm Pop, so I'm not too far off. From yeah. You. Well, anyway, it is. Um, you know, we're, we're finishing up Hebrews 13. Uh, uh, when we come back next week, by the way, I want to let you know, for those listening, you're going to want to listen next week if you're around because uh, you might want to share with your friends. Uh, we are replaying some of the best of, and we've got some really good programs um, next week. Uh, hold on just a second. I'm going to tell you, I know on Monday... We have, um, uh, oh gosh, now I forgot his name. I got to find I, I got to find this. Oh, Kenny Luck. That's right. Remember Kenny? Were you at the Iron Sharpens Iron, Kenny Luck? Uh, not this year. I okay. wasn't. No. So Kenny Luck has a ministry called Every Man Ministries. And he we had him on this past April after he was here. And that's, if you remember, that's right around when coronavirus was really kicking in. And he was, he lives in California. So he's going to be on Monday. On Tuesday, uh, we're going to have a replay of Dr. Don Whitney, who wrote the book Disciplines for the Spiritual Life. He's the professor up at uh, the Southern Baptist Seminary in uh, Louisville. Great resource for discipline in the spiritual life, Don Whitney. And then Wednesday... Paul Miller, A Praying Life. You know his member's dad, Jack Miller. Yeah, I just sent that book to my mom. Yeah, Uh, it is a great read a praying life uh if you go to see jesus s-e-e jesus.net that's his website on thursday on thanksgiving day if you're sitting around with your family you might want to listen to andy davis from first baptist durham now why is andy davis you go who is andy davis i don't know andy davis because he's not i mean he's not like a, a guy who's written a lot of books but Andy Davis has memorized over 40 books of the Bible. Wow. wow. The man has memorized, and here's how he memorizes. Once he memorizes a book, and we're talking about Matthew, Luke. I mean, those are huge, voluminous, Incredible. right? Incredible. And he quotes them every day for 30 days. or I think it's either 30 days or three months. And then he goes on to another book. But he's memorized 40 books of the Bible. And so uh, he's fascinating. That's on Thanksgiving. And then next Friday, we're going to have John Mazel replay. John Mazel was, of course, a mentor of mine. He's at East West Ministries. And John is uh, a very, very gifted evangelist, uh, passionate about sharing the gospel. And if you know somebody that maybe not a believer that they may struggle with belief, you might want to get them to tune in on next Friday on November 27th because John does a great job of sharing the gospel on that program. So really a great week next week. Taylor and I will be off. We'll be off for the week for Thanksgiving. I, I You know, I'm just uh, excited to have some time with family. And so uh, I hope that if you are a regular SWAT listener, you'll listen next week to Kenny Luck, Don Whitney, Paul Miller, Andy Davis, and John Mazel. Really, really mm. good programs, and uh, hopefully it'll encourage you. So. I can't believe you're not running five that I've been on. Uh, 
<laughs> you know, David, I thought about it. I, I thought I really did. I, I tried to think about the best of Dave series, what that would look like. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a short so, list. It was so overwhelming for me <laughs> that I just I couldn't do it because oh, I just thought gosh. then I won't be able to spend time with my family. There I'll be so that, enamored well, with that. Well, then I'm, gl- then I'm glad you're going with other, those other guys. Listen, you know, uh, <laughs> I want you um, I want you to hear a friend of mine, John Bowers, who's also been a guest on here. He he sent out a quote about John Stott. Uh, from John Stott's book, uh, The Message of the Sermon on the Mount. And this is what he says about us being salt and light, which we were talking about earlier in the program. The very notion that Christians can exert a healthy influence in the world should bring us up with a start. What possible influence could the people described in the Beatitudes exert in this hard, tough world? You talk about hard and tough. We think our world's tough. Go back to when the Romans mm-hmm. were ruling in Jerusalem, what life was like for the people that Christ gave the Beatitudes to. Anyway, what lasting good, he says, can the poor and meek do, the mourners and the merciful, those who try to make peace, not war? Would they not simply be overwhelmed by the flood tide of evil, I think sometimes, David, we feel that way. We feel like as believers, how can we compete with Hollywood? How can we compete with uh, electronic devices with our kids? How can we compete with all these things that are being influenced by Satan to take down people around us? But here's what he says. What can they accomplish whose only passion is an appetite for righteousness and whose only weapon is purity of heart? Are not such people too feeble to achieve anything, especially if they are a small minority in the world? He's saying this, he's quoting this, and when you think about it, it has to come from Christ. Mm -hmm. Any influence that we see, because the foolishness of God is stronger than the strength of men and the wisdom of men. But we forget that. We think, what can I do? What can I do? And we got to remember who he chose. He chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He chose the weak to confound the strong. Uh, And, I mean, you just look at the, the, the military strategies of the Old Testament. That alone should encourage you to, you know what? I can go out and pray for somebody. I can speak a word of hope to somebody. I may not can solve all their problems, but I know the one who can. Yep. And I I, uh, I have a good friend who quotes Galatians 2.20 all the time, and I think it's a verse we should all memorize and remember every day that it that it's not us. You know, I've been crucified with Christ. It's not I who live, but Christ lives in me. So when we're when we are being salt and light, it's Jesus mm-hmm. being the salt and light through us. It's not our strength. And that's that's a great relief because it, it I couldn't do it. Yeah. I couldn't do it. And, you know, you mentioned about thinking about what life was like back then. Just as a little aside, I've been finally watching The Chosen. Oh, you finally got yeah, around finally to watch it. And they're and almost ready to start filming yeah, season yeah. two. Yeah, and so I would just recommend, you know, uh, others from SWAT have said to me, you got to watch it, you got to watch it. I finally started watching it, and people can get the app, right? They can download the app. It's just kind of a, it's a unique series in that it's 
it's on an app yeah right um it it is fantastic and it makes you really oh think gosh. about the humanness of the people absolutely and even the human side of jesus that we so often really dismiss and we shouldn't dismiss that because that's a part of who he is and that he chose to become and he will have a human body for for eternity he chose to take one on yeah. and become one of us and it's just such it just like going to Israel yeah. put, put so much reality to the scriptures, not not that they needed that, right? Yeah. We know they're real, but but going and seeing the, the context in which they were written, I think this series does a similar thing. It helps you to understand that these were, you know, Matthew, the, the way the Matthew character is portrayed in the first few episodes, at, at conniving with the Romans and the tax collector— and and the way Peter's scheming and it just it just shows you that these were regular people going through all kinds of struggles and problems that Jesus just said, "Hey, come follow exactly. me." Now, exactly. Now, here's the thing: He told them in Matthew five, and I said this before the last break. You are the light of the world. You are a city set on a hill. What's the significance of that? It says a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. In that day, when people saw a city, they saw a place of provision, protection, and community. Now, what he's saying is, you go out, you've got people who are travelers, sojourners, they're aliens, they're people who are out in the world who are hurting. When they see you, do they see protection? When they see you, do they see provision? When they see you, do they see community? Because most people don't. When they see a fellow Americans, they see somebody who only cares about themselves. Mm. So this Thanksgiving, give God thanks for calling you to himself. Be a light. Be a city on a hill. And have a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, what a great reminder. Great way to end. And we're glad you're with us. Happy Thanksgiving. Like Doug said, please listen next week. There'll be some great... Um, rebroadcasts of uh, some great guests who have been on SWAT Radio. And Doug and Taylor will be back the week following Thanksgiving. Yep. They'll be back with, with live shows. So happy Thanksgiving from SWAT Radio, David Gray and Doug McCary. Glad you're with us and have a great rest of the weekend and a great week next week. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening 